Welcome, friends, people for peace, pods of consciousness, planetary citizens, wherever you happen to be today, listening to Glocal News in Social Artistry here on KOPN 89.5 FM, your community radio station out of Columbia, Missouri. Uh, I'm uh, recording this on Zoom uh, at my home, and my guest today, as each week, someone who's building a more humane world from the inside out. My guest today is Joshua P. Dunn, <laughs> D-U-N-N-E. Uh, hi, Josh. Hello, Dr. Dalton. How are you? Is it is it okay to call you Josh? You know, I don't I don't know. Oh, that's perfect for me. That's perfect. All right. Well, Josh, and, and actually, I'm Dick Dalton, uh, but I know some people have the habit of the old Dr. Dalton business. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> Either way. <laughs> uh, Joshua, you, or Josh, you, um, you are the Human Nutrition and Health Program Assistant at Lincoln University's Cooperative Extension uh, Program. Yes, sir. Um, I was a health educator down there, and I'm not sure that I hooked up with the Human nutrition and health program very much when I was there. Has this been a long-standing program? Are you familiar with its history? I, I don't know the history of it. I know my boss has been there for um, just a few years, not very, you know, not very long in the scheme of Lincoln, mm -hmm. uh, but she has done a lot of groundwork and really started partnering with a lot of people. Um, she is the she's a master of public health. So anything that research or uh, cooperative research or cooperative extension does that involves health, which is most of what they do, we have to kind of at least collaborate on that in some way a lot of times. And what's so, her name? Uh, her name is Sarah Eber. Okay, Sarah Eber. Uh, she is who's... the Human Nutrition and Health Program Coordinator. Wonderful. Yeah, I don't think I've met Sarah. Yes, health is such a, an, a broad umbrella, um, physical, mental, emotional, social, spiritual, environmental, vocational. <laughs> it's hard to have any, any program that doesn't somehow uh, get slipped into that. Um, sometimes when I have guests that don't have a, oh, a curriculum vita or something that I look through or haven't written a, a book that I can talk about, I go to their Facebook page and I... I see what kind of posts they have. And what's fascinating about your Facebook page, Josh, is that it's all about health and nutrition and, <laughs> and you know, good stuff that, uh, that informs people of what's going on in the community. And uh, uh, I appreciate that. It's, it's so much better than, well, yesterday I had peas for breakfast. And, you know, <laughs> so. Well. Peas are healthy for you, so you should. <laughs> uh, okay, well, that's not, yeah, okay, good point, good point. Um, well, how long have you been at LU? Oh, about a year, hmm. about a year now. And you're not from Jeff City? Uh, no, I was born in West Plains, Missouri. Um, I moved to rural Tennessee when I was about eight years old, and I lived there for almost 20 years before moving back to Missouri. 
but I lived in been living in Jeff City since December of 2016. So oh, all, yeah, been here almost a bit. six years now. Yeah. In West Plains, did you know the Cochrans? I knew some of them. I don't. There's. Uh huh. I don't know how many there are. A friend of mine is Michael Cochran, and his brothers, uh, uh, who I haven't met but I know of. Um, yeah, he's a great musician and book writer. Uh, does a lot of stuff. So West Plains has sort of come into my um, awareness through Michael and some of the stories that uh, get told down there. Um, so you're in Jeff City, 2016. You're establishing yourself in the community. Did you come for a job? Did you follow a woman here? <laughs> no, um, I wasn't particularly enthused with results of the 2016 election, rather statewide or national. Mm -hmm. And in my brain, I decided if I wanted to make a change, I should go where it happens. And Jeff said he's a capital of Missouri, and uh -huh. I was able to transfer over here to job i was working in food uh, uh restaurant management at the time and they had a spot open for me here so mm -hmm. i kind of just decided to come here and find out what was going on and work so, on changing things that i felt was for to what i thought was better yeah so you have somewhat of a uh uh what mindset that would look at the world and say how can i make it more humane Ooh, that fits with our theme doesn't it <laughs> uh yes actually i think uh growing up i grew up um i grew up very poor and i grew up in a situation where it wasn't the healthiest for me and so i decided to do my career and when i looked at what i wanted to do i wanted to make the world a better humane place and also kind of help people lift themselves up and to the places they places and spaces they want to be. Wow. Did you have some books that inspired you uh, back then? Teachers, uh, movies? Uh, what, what was your, I mean, you had to have something to give you some juice, you know, some hope in that area. Uh, I read a, I read a lot. I had some very good teachers that uh, I went to school in a little, like I said, a rural Tennessee town called Camden, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. uh, had a was a did creative writing. Had a creative writing teacher that was amazing. Um, had a, a government teacher that was amazing who encouraged me and encouraged uh, debate and. Um, uh, I moved in with my best friend when I was 16 and his mother and father, uh, stepfather kind of adopted me into that family. And hmm. I think they kind of are as, as big of influence as anybody else on who I am today mm -hmm. and how I was able to succeed, succeed and, you know, use my past and my story and my talents to help other people in similar situations than I was in. And also situations that are kind of different that I can empathize with. Wonderful. Wow. Um, what a foundation. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad you had such um, encouraging people around you, particularly teachers. And it sort of points to the power of education and that teachers uh, can really make a difference in people's lives. And we don't 
give them uh, enough uh, money or time or, or <laughs> resources, but uh, some of them pull through anyway. And then that's great. So you have sort of a political mind then as well. You were looking for not just groups that you could hang out with, but uh, political ways that you could involve yourself in um, changing Missouri. Yes, I uh, I mean, I ran for office in 2020. I ran for uh, Missouri House of Representatives. Oh, okay. Uh, which was interesting. It was the first time I've ever ran for anything. I had worked on some campaigns before, but uh, uh, in the middle of my first run, COVID kind of happened, which kind of upended all of all of our lives. Yeah, and uh, and so it, it kind of was an interesting uh, campaign and kind of an interesting idea because it was. Uh, the world term was turned upside down. Yeah. Harder to go door to door when you're told not to go door to door. <laughs> Harder to do campaign events when you're when you're lo when you're in lockdown and everything right. is closed. Right. So incumbents usually do better in circumstances like yeah, that. Yes, yeah. yeah. And I mean, like I said, I was first time candidate and mm -hmm. I mean yeah. it, uh, it's an election year and it was kind of a contentious election year. So mm -hmm. Well you, I, you built uh, a network, didn't you? You started or had already been building a network uh, prior to that. I, I did. Uh, I think one of the strongest thing that came, the best and strongest thing that came out of this was uh, I was doing, we were doing a voter engagement drive um, by some, actually I wasn't planning it. I just came to support and I met uh, Doug Wright and Alicia Edwards from Building Community Bridges. Yes, they've been and, on the show. What great people. Uh, and Doug at the time was under the impression that because of some mistakes he made in the past that he could lost his um, ability to vote forever. And I oh. actually, cor I corrected him mm -hmm. and let him know that, you know, that it wasn't, that wasn't the case in Missouri, that he wasn't disenfranchised forever. And, uh, that kind of was the beginning of a really beautiful friendship and collaboration um, between myself and Bill and them and Building Community Bridges. Um, I work as an outreach coordinator for them. I volunteer um, and I uh, uh, try, you know, try to get as partner with organizations and help um, our guests at Building Community Bridges get the resources they need, especially the ones that we can't provide. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think that's where I must have first bumped into you. Uh, you were this guy that uh, kept saying, hi, hi, Dr. Dalton. <laughs> I said, who is that fellow? <laughs> well, hi, Dr. I, I forgot his name. Uh, <laughs> so it, it was a while for me to get you uh, really into my uh, subconscious as well as conscious mind. You're a little bit more locally famous than I am. So. <laughs> infamous in some ways yes uh, uh that's okay but you're doing the work um i'm retired i i get to talk to the people that are doing the work and uh, uh building community bridges is really a, a fantastic uh operation maybe we could take a few minutes and uh tell us more about building community bridges uh well building community bridges started out with a dream um 
kind of two separate dreams. Uh, Doug's dream that he wanted to help children that came in a similar situation than him and help them make better life choices and stop that cycle that so often leads to uh, hopelessness, criminal behavior, and helplessness. Um, and Alicia wanted to uplift uh, minority people, minority entrepreneurs, and minority business owners. So they kind of worked together and combined those two dreams and built something kind of beautiful and building community bridges where uh, we have local uh, leaking graduates who are trying to start their own businesses. We providing space for them and they're offering their services and teaching the next generation, the younger generation, how to um, do those services. Mm-hmm. Um, That's kind I of mean, the, uh, the business incubator mm-hmm. uh, is uh one of the ways to describe that yeah it's a business incubator but instead of charging a, a fee to provide support and help with it we just ask them to provide their services and teach the teach the younger generation um that their talents use their talents to teach mm-hmm. like you're volunteering and you use yes, your talents yeah. yeah yeah i volunteer there uh, i was i mean that's how i mean building community bridges is how i First got that really how I got the job at Lincoln. Uh-huh. I was uh, working with them on their food distribution because um, food security is kind of a passion of mine. And I was working on them for food distribution as well as their summer food program that they did with uh, Department of Health and Senior Services. Uh, they were providing uh, free school lunches to kids during the summer. And uh, I met Sarah there and hmm. she was looking for a uh, employee and with COVID, my I caught my contractor for the USDA, uh, and uh, with COVID, uh, that that was kind of upside down too. So I was looking for something a little bit more steady income wise, and mm-hmm. I started working at Lincoln, and that's been a huge six benefit for me. And I love my job, and I love being able to do what I do. Mm-hmm. Speaking of food uh, insecurity, um, building community bridges is physically located in sort of a food desert area and this uh service that is provided through you and and them is uh just kind of a vital um resource for folks that i mean there's not a grocery store now that's within what two miles three miles well two miles at least um Um, schultes is way out at Ellis and Schnooks is way over on Missouri Boulevard and uh... and then Gerbs is way over on Eastland. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh so yes, so you're right. We are located in a food desert. Um Lincoln is actually located in a food desert as well. There's a track on that side that kind of goes from uh well I guess now it goes from Clark Avenue all the way over to um, the like Dunklin over there, um, mm-hmm. like when you're going towards Missouri Boulevard, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Lincoln University and Building Community Bridges uh, partnered together to write a to get a grant called Local Foods, Local Places. Say it again. Uh, local Foods, Local Places. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. With the Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, and uh, we did workshops and out of those workshops came a, a food coalition 
called Arise JC. Oh. Uh, and within the coalition, it's uh, building community bridges, Lincoln University, um, a a local urban farmer whose uh, business name is Bean Counter Urban Farm. Um, and the city of Jefferson also uh, has representative listed on our uh, planning commission. Um, and uh, so we're working to uh, help build uh, an agricultural system that addresses food insecurity, but also kind of rises up, raises up the community through um, through urban agriculture. Um, Arise stands for kind of each of our parts. It's an acronym for agriculture, rehabilitation, independence, skills training, and education. So, wow, cool. kind of all of everybody that wants to do. What, what what all the people in the coalition wanted to do, we kind of combined that mm -hmm. and found something really positive mm -hmm. in that for Jefferson City. I remember, uh, well, maybe 15 years ago, uh, reading in a magazine called Yes, uh, a front page story and an inside story about a, a retired football player up close to Milwaukee who started doing urban farming in vacant lots and bringing compost in from his dad's farm. And, and it grew and grew and grew and uh, became a, a hub for training others on how to do that. You may even be familiar with that site. I'm, I'm not, but that's kind of our plan. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we were recently worked with the city of Jefferson. There is a plot of land over on Mulberry. Um, uh, we call it the Mulberry lot. It's a kind of across from the yellow warehouse tire. There's an empty acre lot there that the city has leased to us. Oh. And uh, we're hoping to break ground soon. Uh, we've already broken ground, but we're hoping to get everything planned and do an urban farm there as soon as possible and really try to um, raise up the food, food, food and try to eradicate food insecurity as much as possible in Jefferson City. Well, we'll have to... Uh hooked to hook up on that milwaukee guy because that's uh i i know there's some people from from lincoln that have actually gone up to his uh place in milwaukee before and but that's been a few years so uh sounds like progress is really happening uh with this new organization and it sort of took the different players uh doug and alicia and you and sarah and variety of folks uh, who who in the city has the most interest uh, are you seeing are the city council members that are showing interest uh, yeah uh, yes um i mean the two city council members that are in the ward that we're in uh mike lester and laura ward are both shown uh support and interest for building community bridges in our plan um mm -hmm. mike and his wife jade help pick some of the uh some of the uh uh fruits of our labor to mm -hmm. uh, and we we give them out a lot of times we'll give them out a food pantry ah. uh, building community bridges we do that twice a week mondays from 4 30 to 6 and then thursdays 10 to 1 so when i get done here i gotta run <laughs> boogie <laughs> on over yeah to do food distribution one and that's at building community bridges yes yeah, yeah. and this news well uh in a moment let, let's go back and we'll talk a little bit more about that acre that's uh okay getting started. Uh, I'm going to uh, say welcome uh, 
folks that are listening to Glocal News in Social Artistry. Uh, I'm your host, Dick Dalton, and each week we have the pleasure of talking to someone who's building a more humane world from the inside out. And we're very glad you're with us today. Uh, I don't know whether you are a regular listener or you just happened on to this station, 89.5 FM, or maybe you uh, have... Uh, been streaming KOPN because of the talk shows or the music or the news. Uh, we have such a diverse programming menu. Uh, hope you get to check it out at kopn.org and go to programs and just look at all of the variety that we have that you'll never find anywhere else in in central Missouri and possibly in the country. Uh, so that's our our pitch, and we're glad you're with us and, and uh, your support for KOPN. Uh, my guest today is Joshua Nunn. Uh, I said that again, didn't I? Joshua Dunn. <laughs> Sorry, Josh. It's okay. <laughs> uh, he's a human nutrition and health program assistant down at uh, Lincoln University, um, A active uh, volunteer at Building Community Bridges, uh, which we're gonna we've been talking about. I'm gonna talk a little more about that before we move to things like project homelessness and and others that uh, I know you're active on, Josh. Uh, you mentioned a minute ago this uh, acre of land that's been leased to you by the city. Uh, is there going to be a physical structure there, or is this just uh, cultivating ground, or how is that going to? Uh, no. Um... We would be cultivating grounds. He wants to turn it into an urban farm. So there may be, we're working out the details. There may be like some high tunnels, um, maybe a few raised beds, but uh, really it's just, it's going to be kind of just a acre urban farm. Um, mm -hmm. The urban farmer, uh, Courtney Gettner, uh, mm -hmm. who is uh, worked with Bean Counter Urban Farms. Uh, she, created a known uh, nonprofit called MOCA named after her grandmothers. Hmm. And uh, she, she uh, got a $300,000 EPA grant awarded to her uh, to help with this project, to really help us as seed money, wow. seed money, pun, mm -hmm. no pun intended, but yeah, right. Uh, oh, really great. get that mm -hmm. uh, farm, urban farm going. And so she'll provide the, uh a little tractor or rototiller or whatever kind of tools and uh, uh, and then will people sign up to volunteer to help or how you will have paid staff or well we're mostly we're looking for community members to help out it's their garden i mean yeah. it's their farm it's their garden uh -huh. uh, we want them to be to take have ownership uh -huh. help out mm -hmm. Because with this community, with the community gardens, we there's one um, over there by the heritage apartments, right around the corner from Building Community Bridges, mm -hmm. and then we have one right across the street. Um, and we want the community to get involved because ultimately it's their garden. Ideally, mm -hmm. they would they're free to come and grab tomatoes when they're ripe if they need them, or um, cabbages if when they need them, or whatever we have planted when they're ready to harvest you know we want the community to get involved because we are doing it's it's for the community that right. we're building growing in it. great well i know lincoln also has their uh, farmers market that uh is throughout the season when it's seasonal 
Uh, and that's located right on Chestnut Street, isn't it? At the uh... yes, and that's in the park. When it's outdoors, it's in the uh, in the in the parking lot of Dickens and Wilhelmine, right there on the corner of uh, Chestnut and Leslie. Uh... Leslie, yes. Yeah, and is there an inside time? Uh, I do believe there. Yeah, they do go inside. I think during the winter, but I'm, I think I'm not. Sh I'm not positive where the location is on that. Mm -hmm. I know that they're talking about. I think they're talking about changing that up maybe a little bit, but I'm not exactly sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. Well, that's not uh, the only thing your uh, department does over there at uh, Nutrition and Health. Uh, what other kinds of things are, uh, I mean, I know from your webpage, you, you had uh, the White House Conference on Hunger, Nutrition, and Health listed. You had uh, this thing about Suicide Prevention Week. You had uh, rural caucus, uh, different things that uh, I know we're not all Lincoln, but uh, I want to I want to really find out what you do. So, um, like I said, it, a lot a lot of stuff goes with public health and uh, we at Lincoln at um, we use the acronym LUCEN, Lincoln University Cooperative Extension uh, Nutrition, kind of LUCEN is kind of the branding that we use. Mm -hmm. um, and we created the loose and healthy plate, oh. which is a kind of capitalizes all the stuff that involves with health, you know, nutrition, but physical health, financial health, mental health, mm -hmm. community health, um, kind of environmental health, mm -hmm. kind of all the stuff that kind of capitalizes all the stuff that affects our health and wellness and our ability to thrive in our world instead of merely survive. Mm -hmm. um, so we kind of focus on um, those things. And so September was a, uh, September, there was suicide prevention week. And so we wanted to remind people that there is a national suicide hotline, 988, for people that are in crisis. 988. Kind of, 988. Yeah. Okay. And kind of also take away that stigma. I mean, you're always told that if somebody's suicidal, you don't want to talk about it with them when really that's the exact opposite of what you should do. You know, talking to them about it, um, asking, honestly, just asking somebody, hey, are you thinking about hurting yourself? Or are you thinking about suicide has shown that it helped that uh, it helps people so much and from actually going through and attempting it, just having somebody that they can talk to that they feel safe um talking to and that is not trying to i would be standoffish oh i think they're you know mm -hmm. you know and so we kind of want to stop that stigma on that um mm -hmm. and that's an important thing of health um the other thing we do is um with building community bridges you know we're handing out uh harm reduction kits with narcan and um there's fitting uh fentanyl testing strips you know and mm. i had somebody ask us at um the project homeless connect event you know mm. while we were handing that out and i was like well ideally the idea is to get them off drugs but they have to be alive for us to do that so wow yeah what a great point i know there's been controversy over uh clean needle exchange but it's it's the same kind of approach that well <laughs> uh 
you provide a clean needle, they come in, they get it, uh, they're not passing on uh, or receiving bad consequences from somebody else's diseases. Uh, they're also, you say, well, by the way, we got some food over here if you need something or, uh, uh, you know, there's a shower. <laughs> there's ways to build a relationship when you have a, an entry uh, point like that. Yeah, and that kind of goes into, um, I, yeah, I work, I sit on a project homeless task force with some, some with uh, Stephanie Thompson from Community uh, Central Missouri Community Action, um, uh, Anna Holt, who uh, was at Community Health Center, um, and several other community leaders. And um, one thing we're working on right now is trying to find a place for kind of a drop-in shelter, a drop-in center, a day shelter, which is a no barrier, a low barrier place where people that are experiencing homelessness um, or near homelessness can come to and get access to some of those immediate services, you know, right. like food, uh, showers, laundry. Um, uh, one thing that a lot of people don't think of is pet food. That was, we did a mm -hmm. survey um, with uh, with our um, uh, people that are homeless and that's what they were kind of looking for. And pet food was one of the biggest ones because, you know, that is a barrier for them as well. Mm -hmm. But then also high level services like addiction counseling or mental health counseling or, um, you know, case management or anything like that, because, you know, but have those services, but ultimately take care of their basic needs first, allow them to uh, be get comfortable and be able to think past those, um, have those immediate needs provided so they can really focus on those higher level needs. Mm -hmm. Well, in that regard, uh, some basic needs are uh, having a place to pick up their mail mm -hmm. and having an address. And I understand through Project Homeless Connect that uh, there's some forms that they can fill out and uh, common ground can be a, a location for them to have as an address and pick up their mail, if I'm not mistaken. I think common ground kind of uh, stopped doing that, but First United Methodist Church will do that. Um, Building Community Bridges has some people that get mail delivered there as well. Oh, okay. So it's optional places. It's not... Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we kind of want to do it in a in that space, it's kind of a place on where you can get to. A lot of those people are mm -hmm. a lot of our house friends or, or, or walking, you know, right. Sure. They don't have access to motor vehicles. So um, it's kind of, if they're close, if they're on the South side of town, BCB is kind of closer. If they're mm -hmm. closer to downtown, First United Methodist is a good place. So. Uh, speaking of transportation, I understand that uh, there are bus passes that uh, they can access. Um, yes. Uh, Common ground does bus passes. Uh, Landmark Recovery Center uh, is a partner with B Building Community Bridges. Mm -hmm. uh, they'll have bus passes as well. So we mm -hmm. hand those out. Uh, not every food pantry, but several food pantries. They'll have a, a representative from Landmark will come and they'll have bus passes mm -hmm. to hand out. And um, kind of connecting some other dots, uh, if they wanted to vote, if they're homeless, but they wanted to vote, they need a photo ID. Um, how would they go about getting a photo ID? Well, Common Ground 
helps with that as well. But uh -huh. right now, because of the law, the Secretary of State's office will provide you a free non-driver's license. Um, and so, so we had, where, do, where would they have to go? Uh, I would say go to Common Ground. Uh huh. Yeah. And they can help you Which is on that system. Clark Avenue. Uh, uh, at the corner uh, of Clark Atchison? and Locust. Is it Locust? Yeah, Clark and Atchison. Atchison. Yeah. yeah, one of those two. Yeah. Right over I get there. confused. Those roads kind of stop and then start. And then, Good point. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, right there on the corner of Clark, though. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think they would help you navigate that. But uh, yeah. Because the Missouri Secretary of State can be kind of intimidating, I think, going into <laughs> that building. Oh, okay. Uh, what about uh, laundry? You know, if they wanted to wash clothes uh, once a month or once a week or. Uh, First United Methodist Church helps with that. Oh, okay. I think they're the ones that really do that right now. Building Community Bridges would like to do that in the future. We just don't, currently don't have the capacity right, right. to do that yeah. right now. I mean, you've been in there where we recently purchased the building that we, uh, our headquarter building, and mm -hmm. we're doing a bunch of renovations to it and uh, getting it to uh, in a place where we can serve more people right and uh, do even more good work for the community so right now we're still building that kind of stuff so eventually we may want to have something like we want to may want to have something like that but right now we're working on uh trying to get the issues that were done when our landlord sure. on the building fixed sure sure yeah i remember when the architects came and did a walk through and uh, made some recommendations and uh, yeah good good I'm sort of the uh, mm, cardboard recycler guy that uh, now and then Doug will say, oh, we got some on the loading dock. You know. We we appreciate that. I've had to, <laughs> I think you were out of town once and we had a bunch of cardboard. I think I took a big old truckload over to the <laughs> cardboard recycling. We, we go a, through a lot of cardboard there with the food pantry and yeah. the projects. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's sort of one of those hidden things to most people that uh, you get your product off of a shelf or something, but you don't realize that all the packaging that went to get it there and something has to happen to that. And some places like Walmart, they're they know that they've got to recycle their cardboard, so they take care of all that. But you know, smaller businesses uh, and and distribution places, they, New World Recycling is. Uh, where I take the cardboard and uh, that's where I good. took it too. So they're <laughs> good about that. Yeah. So this project, uh, homelessness connect, uh, what was your, I mean, you had kind of a role of, uh, helping to, I don't know, organize, but you were there at the social services area. So, uh, my boss, Sarah Eber is in charge of, uh, logistics hmm. of, the. Uh, of that event so oh okay uh, finding out where to put all the vendors and try to make it where there's a good flow and try to make it you know the logistics of it mm -hmm. uh and so i kind of just helped support that mm -hmm. uh with the social services area that was kind of where um the most providers kind of were as right. far as that goes right most vendor mm -hmm. and so i was just trying to help navigate and try to be a resource to people that were like, hey, I'm looking for housing or information, or I'm looking for 
case management or I'm looking for legal assistance or whatever, being able to coordinate where they are with them and their tour guys just to make it a little bit easier than just having, you know, wandering around and hoping you strike yeah. gold, so to speak. Right. Yeah, the whole tour guide uh, thing. This was my first time to volunteer over there, and I was kind of put over in the snack area, which uh, was for actually <laughs> the workers. Uh, but because nobody wanted snacks during the morning, I just started roaming around to find out what all was going on and uh, saw you there at the, at the uh, Christian church in the social services uh, area. And my goodness, what a bunch of uh, resources all just into one place. Uh, so this happens once a year. Yes, yes, it's once a year. Um, it's usually the end of September, somewhere time, somewhere on there. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, this year we um, had a hundred and forty-one people come through. Hmm. Okay. Forty-one participants. Yeah. And um, I don't suppose you have an evaluation thing that you ask them. How did we do? But <laughs> uh, we do. Oh, you do. Uh, we, do. Okay. we have uh -huh. not. We have not uh, yet. Uh, we do. We have yet to quantify all that data mm -hmm. and try to get it in a easily accessible form. It takes a little bit, but yeah, yeah we have it. Uh, Lincoln has a program that we use, a survey program that we use that okay. allows us to put it on spreadsheets and disseminate that information a little bit easier. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. You know. Uh, when we think of homeless people, we think of somebody possibly laying on a sidewalk. But I heard a figure uh, just that day or shortly after that, that at any given year, the Jefferson City School District, which is a little bit of an expanded than just our, our borders, uh, reports that there would be up to 900 homeless in a sense uh, or what would you call it when they're doing couch surfing or living in their car or you know they may have parents they may have a home somewhere but they're not there uh 900 uh, all the way from late grade school on up uh and that just was to me a whole different perspective on homelessness uh that and i mean jeff city right now uh has in uh with the has a housing crisis with the tornado mm -hmm. um uh affordable housing crisis with the tornado taking away some of going kind of right through mm. um kind of some of the poorer areas of jefferson city and right um so we're so you know we're trying to find places like there's people that have uh housing forms that can't find a place to that when there's no there's no houses available there's a wait list wow. and so when we think of people that are homeless we kind of stereotype them as oh their choices that they made they made bad choices to get there but and honestly a lot of times it's out of their control yeah often yeah uh, you lose a job, you have a, a, a health crisis, you have a tornado, you have a, any number of any number of things that can change someone's life in, in a moment. You get a you get arrested and you for something you didn't do, but you're waiting to get out because you don't have the money to 
mm-hmm. you know, and then you lose your job and yeah. through no fault of your own. Yeah. Right. You weren't the guilty party, mm-hmm. but uh, who's going to cover for you? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Excellent point. Well, Josh, uh, let's take another short break, um, and I'll reintroduce you as soon as I say uh, hello, folks. Uh, glad you're listening today to Glocal News in Social Artistry here on KOPN, your community radio station out of Columbia, Missouri. Streaming on the web at uh, kopn.org, 89.5 FM on the dial. Um, if you're new to KOPN, uh, we've been here about 50 years in Columbia, Missouri. Uh, mostly volunteer um, people that do programs like this and others. Uh, we have a few paid staff that uh, keep us in stability. And uh, we have some uh, programs that are syndicated from uh, Fresh Air and Democracy Now! and others. But we have lots of uh, local programming, music, uh, talk shows, um, many things to keep uh, you interested, whatever your uh, taste palette might be in in radio listening. So thanks for being with us. Thanks for your support. Um, We always appreciate uh, any help that is given because there are bills. Even when you have volunteers, there's bills to pay. So thanks for your help. Uh, my guest today is Joshua Dunn uh, in Jefferson City, Missouri. He's the uh, Human Health and Nutrition Program Assistant down at uh, the Cooperative Extension area in Lincoln University, um, doing lots of important activities in the community, building community bridges, Project Homeless Connect, uh, a thing with uh, food insecurity and getting a, uh, what did you call it, a urban farm uh helping get urban farming started. Um, let's see, where else are you involved? Uh, oh, I, I was even in a parade with you recently. <laughs> you were, yeah. We, uh, it was Lincoln Homecoming Parade. But, uh, I mean, this, I think I, I mentioned that I ran for office. Mm-hmm. And so I'm involved with uh, local and state politics. I am the uh, chair of the MDP World of the Missouri Democratic Party Rural Caucus. Uh, what Missouri. Is a, what is a rural caucus? Yeah, I'm, you're going to have to so, educate me a little. So, it, within the party structure, there's the state party and central, com- like local central committees, but caucuses kind of are in, in the middle of that. You know, kind of a liaison between hmm. the state party and um, different subsets of the population so you have you know the women's caucus uh the black caucus the uh hispanic caucus Hmm. um and then uh rural caucus progressive Mm -hmm. caucus oh and so the missouri what we think about missouri we think about um we kind of focus on that we think about the cities you know missouri we think about kansas city we think about st louis we think Mm -hmm. about columbia and springfield and Mm -hmm. jefferson city but in reality, Missouri is mostly rural. There's a hundred and of the, uh, there's like a, I think out of the hundred and fifteen counties in Missouri, I think my number's right. A hundred and four consider rural, mm-hmm. and that's not counting coal because Jeff City's urban, but coal counties, the rest of coal counties, a fairly rural area. Yeah, yeah. So 
Uh, same thing with Boone. You think about Columbia, but you know, you go to Hallsville or uh, Ashland or Hearts or Hartsburg. It's mm -hmm. you know more rural, right? So we, um, so we kind of focus on uh, rural issues. Um, one of our big things is uh, right now with you know most things is rural broadband and rural healthcare. Uh, Medicaid expansion was a when I ran for office was a big push for me. I mean, on a personal level, mm -hmm. uh, I lost my younger brother when uh, in 2019 uh, because he was uh, started a job, but you know I had to wait the 90 days for insurance and couldn't afford some anti seizure medication and had a grand mal seizure and passed. Oh my goodness! So uh, sorry. Wow. My, uh, I recently moved my mother up here from Tennessee because Tennessee has not expanded Medicaid and she has, um, she has some really bad health problems with rheumatoid arthritis and that was made worse because of lack of access to healthcare in Tennessee that Missouri, their doctors here, which have been great are trying to kind of push back the tide, but it's difficult, you know, and it's because of lack of access to healthcare. And with her. And so uh, on a personal level for me, that's kind of a big passion thing. And it yeah. falls into my job as well in the human nutrition and health. Exactly. Um, but on a, on a bigger level, I just know that a lot of families are going through that. And you mentioned uh, medical debt and medical thing is a huge barrier for people that potentially can lead to homelessness. And that's 100% true. Mm -hmm. um, and um, we see that all the time. We see people, um, not just in rural, not even in, not just in rural Missouri, but, um, in other places that go without their medicine. So their kids can have medicine or go without, uh, healthy nutritious food. So their children can have medicine mm -hmm. and vice versa. And I understand and, that even food stamps are being cut, uh, reduced, in this uh, time of inflation and everything costs more, but there's less for folks that need it to buy food. It's, it's sort of very odd how these I mean, decisions it, get made. It, I mean, it's kind of, I don't understand some of the decisions. I mean, when we're talking about food, uh, we talk about food insecurity, um, and we mentioned that building community bridges does a summer food program where we provide uh, nutritious meals to school-aged children during the summer mm -hmm. because a lot of kids um, school lunches is their main school food is their main source of nutrition mm -hmm. and so you know when they don't have access to that during the summer months mm -hmm. you know that's a, a nutrition huge nutritional deficit for them mm -hmm. but Missouri was the only state the only state to did not do um, able that stopped doing grab and go meals during COVID, which decreased the impact of the program mm. greatly because mm. before uh, kids could kind of grab and go and take them home and snacks they could grab. But here they, in Missouri, they had to uh, stay, had to stay in one place and get the food and, um, and we provided, I mean, Lincoln, I came and I did some nutrition lessons with them and we tried to make it work, but it definitely lessened how many kids we could impact and how many kids we, uh, we could serve. 
So there was a grab-and-go program where kids could go where to get their food? Well, two years ago, we we uh, did they we just had a VCB set up, and we uh, we would cook. We don't have a, we had a kitchen. We'd cook them offside and transport them VCB, and they could just come to build the community bridges and mm-hmm. get their lunch and you know a, an afternoon snack and, and somehow, you know take it home. Somehow that got stopped. Uh, the or- the state of Missouri decided not to sign on to that part. That was the only state in the union to not sign on to that part. Okay, I'm going to catch my breath there. And uh, I guess, you know, this brings up a point. So many of us that are listening are ignorant to some of these kinds of real life, on the street, face-to-face kinds of things that, that impact Missouri citizens. And uh, I, I don't know, I don't know how the word gets out, to, you know, and I don't know how you get build a groundswell of concern for that. But uh, appreciate whatever you're doing. I mean, a lot of it is just talking to people. Um, we, uh, I mean, it's doing. It's. I mean, I think a lot of our uh, decision makers in our state are also ignorant of kind of what, how their policies and what they do kind of affect the most vulnerable population people in our communities. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's one of the things that um, I think is important is that to be a community leader, you got to show up and do the work, Mm -hmm. you know, you got to be in there and, you know, you got to be in there and you got to, help people carry boxes to their cars at food pantry because they can only come once a month or whatever because of gas prices and they got to stock up. You got to, you know, help people lift themselves up. People aren't, most people are not looking for a hand out. They're looking for a hand up. They just need some assistance to get them through while they're working on figuring out um, how to, where they're working on figuring out themselves and how to thrive. And we have to do better as a state and as a population in helping those people. Um, not to get too in the weeds, but uh, when you're giving the average state worker in Jefferson City, which is the average state worker makes $38,000. So this big tax break that every tax cut that is being promoted as everything saves the average state worker about $12 a year. While saving, you know, millionaires and stuff, you know, thousands of thousands of dollars. So who's that tax cut for? Mm-hmm. I mean, what is $12 going to do for the average state worker mm-hmm. when we could use that money to raise state worker pay, to increase, to fix our roads so our cars aren't damaged by potholes and mm-hmm. what have you, to include more rural broadband so we can, you know, have access to um uh remote work internet is a necessity now covid did nothing but prove that to mm-hmm. us so we could focus our money elsewhere and to the public health and the public uh needs instead of giving tax breaks to the ri- the richest few of us yeah yeah how are uh, someone in a rural setting going to be able to access through the internet a doctor's visit if they don't have broadband, they don't have a, 
the, the tool to do it. And so you got you're coming together with healthcare and technology and uh, uh, and life and death. And we're seeing we're seeing that in our in our seeing that country. I mean, you you worked in Link University. You know that one of our biggest footprints is in the Boot Hill, yeah, uh, Missouri, as far as the cooperative extension goes, and. Mm -hmm. They have some of the Boot Hill, Missouri has some of the highest maternal and infant death rates in the country. Um, and it's because of lack of, lack of access to health care. And so Lincoln does a really good job at providing uh, education and information for uh, 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 families and uh, people that are pregnant. Mm -hmm. But um, it's still, you know, we're not medical professionals in a lot of ways. So, right. you know, we need to open, we need to, we should have spent that money to open uh, some, some health centers and find some ways to build up health departments and find ways to actually provide services to people and not just make sure that our friends have more money at the end of the year. Yeah. Or more, or more donors. Wealthy. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Well, um, what's coming? What's uh, what's next month or next week or what? What can we look forward to? Your department, uh, your friends. What's going on? So we're starting um, actually the day. I'm working on a project. Um, we're going to be doing some food demonstrations at uh, the food pantry at Bill Billy Community Bridges on Thursday. I'm going to be cooking some simple, uh, nutritious meals at the at the food pantry using items from the food pantry. We're starting that today. Mm -hmm. um, I'll be doing it here. I'll well, be doing it. By the at, way, where is the food? Uh, it's Building Community Bridges uh, headquarters at two thirteen East Ashley Street, and okay. it's open to anyone. We have a, we are no barriers. If you're anywhere, if you're able to get there, we'll mm -hmm. we'll get you. We'll get you food, we'll get you fed. Um, we need to do uh, just a little bit better on the wheelchair access there. At the well, uh, fun story. We are uh, right now, and I hope maybe it might be done, but that's one of the things we're doing is a where they're adding a better wheelchair access ramp in the front. All right. The, Congratulations. Working on now, yeah. Oh. I think they're almost done. They have... They have the first part of their ramp done, and now they're doing this. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't have access space, so they're doing the little curve right now. Yeah. So hopefully they'll have that done this morning, so we can. Awesome! Awesome! Uh, I'll drive by. I was there yesterday, but I was at the back loading dock, not the front. <laughs> the, yeah, they they redid the front the front porch, and mm -hmm. the um, uh, they're building that ramp. Excellent. That's, that's yeah. the. As soon as we got the structural things that we needed done for, uh, you know, for city code, that's the next right. thing we want to sell. So inside, are there is there's a cooking stove? Is that what you're using, uh, or what's I'll be the... using just a little two eye burner. Oh, okay. So, so mm -hmm. it's going to be very simple, but it's stuff that you can make in one or two pots. Mm -hmm. That's very simple. Mm -hmm. Kind of our motto is uh, keeping it simple keeps you healthy. So oh, good uh you know simple meals that are also adaptable you know mm -hmm. so yeah. right now building communities has a lot uh building community has got a lot of ground chicken so that's what we'll be using but the recipe i'm making you could do ground beef or ground sausage or mm -hmm. whatever you kind of want to do it's kind of adaptable recipe and that's kind of what we want is to 
get people fed, but also, you know, get them thinking about how they can make this meal better at home. Right. You know, I'm, right. a I'm an okay cook, but probably there's a lot of, there's some people out there that probably are much better than me <laughs> that come to our food pantry. So. And uh, do you have family yourself yet? Uh, you mean like, I'm not, no, I'm not married. I don't have any children or anything. Okay. So. All right. Just checking to see if uh, you had, see, sometimes it's the single folks that have more time and opportunity to get out and do things. And you seem to be filling your time beautifully with uh, that. So sometimes I need more time in the day to get that, uh, that done. Yeah, but. I'm sure. Well, Josh, we're uh, kind of winding down just a little bit here. Uh, really only have about a minute and a half left. Can you uh, can you just use that time to put a pitch out for folks? Whatever you uh, want to pitch. Uh, I would mean if you're um, if you're if you're food insecure or you know people that are food insecure, um, two thirteen East Ashley Street, Building Community Bridges, uh, Mondays four thirty to six p.m. and Thursdays ten to one. Uh, come out if you have young children. Uh, all our programs are free for children. We have boxing therapy. We have dance. Um, we have a tutoring program with a Dr. Shell Hibbert, who is amazing and uh, works with students of all ages. Um, we do a lot of stuff. Build Community Bridges is a great organization, and we're trying to help the community. But with all nonprofits, as he said earlier, there need we need there's bills to pay. So mm -hmm. if you go online to uh, Building Community Bridges jcmo1.org and click on donate and Give us just a little bit, you know, if $10 a month, that's less 33 cents a day. That will help us out that or just whatever you want to give us. So we appreciate you and thank you so much. Well, thank you, Joshua Dunn. <laughs> D-U-N-N-E. Uh, a new, really, a friendship that's building. I appreciate that. And a colleague at Lincoln, appreciate that and all that you're doing. And folks, remember... Uh, wherever you are, that's your world. Please leave your world cleaner, more peaceful, and more loving than you found it, because if it is to be, it is up to us. Take care. Talk to you soon.